A fascinating sicha, where, as the Rebbe often does, the Rebbe takes a story, an event that occurs in Torah that seems to be negative, transforms it into the positive, and even leaves it leaves a lesson for us that we could learn from this story that until today we might have thought was the epitome of everything that is wrong. And the Rebbe bases this on the fact that Chassidus and Nigla, the revealed parts of Torah and the secrets of Torah, the esoteric parts of Torah, are connected because they're part of one Torah. And therefore, if according to Chassidus, we find a, a merit to Kairach, then certainly in Mikra, in the basic understandings of Torah, there must be some sort of limutzchus, some sort of merit understood for Kairach. I did actually uh, make a chart again, even though technically it's not really a chart-style sicha, but nevertheless, uh, some have asked for it, so I summarized the sicha into a chart style, and it can be found on the website under Sikum HaSicha Tavlas Sikum. Si'if Aleph says, Yodua as the Teire is Teire Achas Teira Achas, the Fury Fanon from Paradise, Stellen Al Tzamana Teira Achas Shlema. It's known that it's one Teira. That the four different elements or levels in understanding Teira, the, the simple understanding, the illusions, the uh, homiletic interpretations, and the esoteric interpretations are all part of one complete Teira. As the Zayar emphasizes this with the terminologies that it uses to describe the revealed parts of Teira and the inner or secrets of Teira, that it's a body and a soul. Meaning to say that it's a body and a soul of the same entity. So just like the body and the soul are fused to become one, Entity, so to entire. This is a body, this is a soul, but it's all part of the same one unit. And according to this, we have to understand in our parsha, with regards to the machlekes, the mutiny of Kairach and his uh, group and his cohorts. This explains the great. Advantage, the quality, the the high level of Kairach, and the loftiness of his taina of his claim. So this he mentions in the Hora, the including in in this sefer Chelikutches and late in the later Sichas on Kairach, where one of the explanations there is given is that Kairach wanted that all the Levim should be Kayanim, which is something that's going to happen when Mashiach comes, which means it's a legitimate taina, it's just that Kairach was asking for it too soon. As The problem was that he demanded an approach that was only po- will only become possible when Mashiach comes. And Chassidus explains that when Chassidus comes, Gvura will be higher than Chesed, and and this is and, and and right now since Chesed is higher than Gvura, we cannot have this this Seder Anoge, this uh, system. But in a time of today, which is a time of action, meaning not the time of reward of the coming of Mashiach, 
We cannot have such a system. Chassidus explains at length. In other words, what Kairach was demanding, according to Chassidus, wasn't something that was totally out there or wrong. It just the timing was wrong. But in essence, it was a fair claim. In contrast, when we look at it from the approach of Psutish Mikra, the basic understandings of the Pasik, and we learn about the descent, about the lowliness, the, the fall of Kairach. And the great severe consequence or punishment that Kairach and his group received for their mutiny. As the Psukim talk about it, and it's explained even more so in the Mepharshim in the commentaries. Now, it's not a major question. Because although it's one Teirah, each part of Teirah belongs to another world or another level or another realm within the world, within the, the spirituality of the world. Similar to the fact that every part of Teirah has a specific set of rules of how it is learned, how things are derived one from another, etc. Because of Father Zichaz, but still, so in other words, even though they're different worlds, and therefore they're different, they're different uh, uh, rule systems, and therefore you could say, well, this one is going to learn it in this way, this one is going to learn it in that way. Nevertheless, we still need to explain this. Since the four parts of Teda, Pshat, Remesh, Drus, Sod, are linked or correspond to the four worlds of Atsilas, Bri, Yitzira, which in Chassidus we know that the four Eilamis, one emanates from the next, which means that one contains the parameters of the other. So therefore, even when you get to the Chelekapshat of Teira, the, the basic understanding of Teira, but it, it, it's originating from the highest level. So if the highest level there is a study of the Maila of Kairach, then there must be that also in Pshat, there is some way to understand the Maila, the, the merit and the and the, the the high quality of kairach. similar to the way it's expounded upon in pnimiyas atayda and chesedus. If chesedus expounds upon it, then certainly in in um, in pshat it should at least discuss it or at least have some sort of understanding that there's a maila in kairach. So in siv beis he's going to ask three questions. Uh, on the general uh, on the, uh, uh, story of the Machlekes of Kairach, or on the nuances, on the Dayukim in the story. And based on that, we're going to reach, a, we're going to, this is going to lead us to understand what was the Machlekes of Kairach. And based on that, what is the Maila of Kairach in this Machlekes? We'll understand this by first introducing a number of questions and nuances in the simple understanding of the Psukim. The first question is like this. What happens is when Moshe Rabbeinu is approached by Kairach Adose, and they say, Why should you lift yourselves higher than the rest of the people? Moshe starts out with a challenge, with a test. 
He says, let's wait till the morning. This is how we're going to do it. He tells all the 250 people, the 250 men, great, distinguished men, that had sided with Kairach, and said, each, bring, bring, each of you should bring a pan, and you're going to be makter ketoidus. You're going to bring, uh, uh, offer ketoidus in the Mishkan, and we'll see. We'll see which one the Abister accepts. The ones that the Abister does not accept are going to die. Because a Zor, a non-Kayan that brings Ketaris is Yumas. So the question is going to be, how did the 250 people, the 250 men with Kairach, how did they do something so crazy to actually bring Ketaris knowing that they're going to die? How did these 250 people agree to bring the Ketaris, to offer the Ketaris? As Moshe was testing them to see what will happen. They knew that Nadav and Aviyu died from this. They also brought Ketaris in the wrong time or the wrong place or both. And because of that, they died. Liable for the death penalty. And this is what the the Medrash says. And Rashi brings it also. Were they fools? They were warned. And they still took upon themselves to offer the Ketaris. They sinned with their lives. Part of their sin was that they were willing to give up their lives for this Ketaris. This demands an explanation. What brought them to such a type of sin to to sacrifice their life? That's the question number one. What is it about the Reish Nun Ish that causes them to give up their lives to be able to bring Ketayus? Question base. The second question. Shaitan Madrish, when in Pirish Rashi, when again to Dibur Moshe, the Madrish says, and Rashi brings it with regards to Moshe telling them, This is what you should do. Take for yourself pans. Uh, in which you're going to be marked to as Moshe had said, Moshe told them, Moshe says to the to the Rishonim, to the 250 people, we have one Hashem, we have one Oren, we have one Teira, we have one Mizbeach, and we have one Kohen Gadol. And you're 250 people, you want to be Kohanim Gedolim? I also want to be a Kohen Gadol. So this is greatly perplexing. The 250 people are in a dispute over the Kuhuna Gedeila of Aaron. And they want to take it away from him. So how does Moshe join forces with them? How does he agree with them? How did he take their side? Zogendik. To say, even if it's just mere words, I also want this. Why, does, why would Misha take their side in such a challenge against Aaron HaKayin's Kuhuna Gedola? The Eidzeis, additionally. What purpose does it have for Misha to add these words? What type of bearing did this have in the 250 people? What was he trying to tell them? So first of all, how does he say such words? How does he say, I agree with you? I also want Kuhuna Gedela. Number two, what did he gain by saying it? So that's our second question. How does Moshe say, Af ani And now our third question, In the general dispute of Kerach, we have a basic question, a very general question we don't understand. 
The Rebish did not get to that Moshe the Gabbachayam in Ulaylam, Moshe, before Matan Taira, Moshe in his Harsina, he says, Hine and Echibayla Chabava, and I'm coming to you in the thick of the of the cloud. Babur Yishma Medabar Imach, so the people should hear as I speak to you. The Gabbachayam in Ulaylam, and they will also believe in you for eternity. Moshe Rabbin was promised that the Yidin will believe in him. Is wie kommt das Bechlau als Kedach soll kriegen auf Meishe? So how is it possible for Kedach to argue, to challenge Meishe? Und er wird gesagt, das ist auch nicht glauben, und er hier und his whole group should not believe, das was Meishe tut, ist weil Hashem shalachani. And that which Meishe is doing is because he was sent by Hashem. Und wie fragt das die Reichen und ich, seine Roshi Sanhedrois, Nesiyah Eida. They were the chief judges, they were the distinguished members of, they were the, uh, of the community, they were especially were distinguished people. How so? How did they go against the vegan b'choy aminu leilo? Ubefrat leitn biur from the Rambam, especially according to the way the Rambam explains unmeforshiyatera and other commentaries. As it is, from b'choy aminu leilo, is that it's off from them was in inu rov v'lezor, but inu shuma v'leacher that the fact that the yidn are going to believe in Meishar Abenu is a direct consequence of the fact that our eyes saw it and no one else. Meaning to say that no one else is telling us about it. Our ears heard it and we're not hearing it secondhand. The fire and the sounds and the flames. Approaching the cloud. And the sound of Hashem, the voice of Hashem speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. And we hear Moshe, go tell them such and such uh, information. So the Eden themselves saw it. And this is such a verified fact because they saw it with their own eyes. Bees as Abis Kumta Novi. So much so that if a Novi, a prophet comes, a Novi, the Asa Isis Umaifsim, Gedailum, and makes signs and great miracles. Ubikish Lahakish Nivosish Lameshadabenu and tries to deny, to, to contradict the prophecy of Meshadabenu in Shaimale. We don't listen to him. And we know that those signs or miracles that he's making is he's performing is wizardry or magic. Because our faith in Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy is not based on the signs or the miracles that he did. We saw it with our own eyes. And we heard it with our own ears. Just like Moshe Rabbeinu heard it with his own ears and saw it with his own eyes. This is a, a, a halachic relevance in future generations. How much more so when we're talking about this very generation, the same generation that saw these miracles and saw Moshe Rabbeinu being spoken to by Hashem and heard the Moshe Rabbeinu being told to speak to the Yidden. How could they now not believe in that? So how is Kairach able, not being a Novi, certainly not a Novi that made miracles, he just showed up. How does he have the ability to draw in an entire group, entire congregation of Yidin, to rebel against Moshe as the Novi and the Shliach of Hashem? So I made you a question. How is it possible that the Yidden who had seen Moshe Rabbeinu being 
appointed, being uh, uh, serving as the Shliach Hashem, the Novi and the Shliach of Hashem. And now comes a Kairach, and he's successful in turning all of these people against Moshe Rabbeinu, or against the Pasik of Ulgam B'choy, So these three questions are going to lead us to understanding, a much deeper understanding of what it was that Kairach V'adosai wanted. And based on that, we'll understand also the Maila of Kairach, even in Psutai Shalmikro. The explanation is as follows. This is Mephorish and Pasek. As the Pasek states explicitly, is Kavonas Machlekis Kerach Vadosi given as a Zoblaibin und Zain Kuhuna. The claim of Kerach wasn't to abolish Kuhuna, that because everyone was equal, that there should be no such thing as Kuhuna. He was saying we should retain the idea of Kuhuna. Nor the Allah. What Kairach wanted was that everybody should be Kayanim. Later he's going to mention that Kairach wanted to be the Kayan by himself. The other nation on Ish, the 250, all wanted to be Kayanim Gedolim at once. We'll address that uh, later in the Sicha. But the idea is, is that, is that, is that Kairach was saying, I, I accept the idea of Kohuna, that there has to be a person that serves as the Kayan Gadol. But why should it be Adam? Why not me? So based on this, as in Zayin Kriegen of Moshe, not Kerach nit geleken das Moshe der Shliach Hashem, that by challenging Moshe, Kerach was not denying the fact that Moshe was the agent of Hashem. Und as das was er hat getan früher keilu kuna kumnet von Eberstein, nor did he claim that that which Kerach did, including appointing Aaron as the Kain Gadol, was not from Hashem. That's not what he said. Nor er hat gehalten, rather. Kairach was of the opinion, as Avdos was Meisha at Kitan al Piyavaya, that that which Meisha did according to Hashem's instruction can be Meisiv Zain, other Mekinanderin. It could be improved or changed. Just like we find that through a person's davening or a person's bakasha, pleading of Hashem, it's possible to change out a decree of Hashem and, take and change it or remove it. And we already saw Moshe accomplish this after the Chet Egel and after the Chet Meraglim, where Moshe Reno's Tfila changed the outcome of the Ebishter, what the Ebishter wanted to do. The Ebishter wanted to destroy the entire Eden, and Moshe Reno changed that to Gzardin. So to Kairach felt that the Kuhuna Gedele could be taken from Aaron and given to Kairach. Ubefrat, especially since, as by Kuhuna Gefit Ben Takas, three years of Edith of Kuhuna Shaykh Kvensu Bechedes, and the Nacha Edechet, that was from Zeitzu Genomen, and given to Shevet Levi, Aaron Rabbanov. With regards to the Kuhuna, we find this already happened. There's a precedent. That initially the Kuhuna was given to the Bechedes, to the firstborn. And then once they participated in the Cheta Egel, it was taken from them and given to Shevet Levi, including Aaron and his sons. So we see that Kuhuna is transferable. So if you can transfer Kuhuna from the Bukhaynus to uh, Shevet Levi, why can't you transfer Kuhuna Gedeila from Aaron to Kairach? Ubifrat. And especially, even more so, as is Dav Matam, there's a good explanation here. Aaron had some level of a connection to the Chet Which that sin was the cause 
the reason why the kahuna was taken from the kayanim and given to the kayanim. Beisas di levim gan shevet levi on kerach bechlalam zanin givenin gan zanin from the mechet. While Aaron was had some connection to it, the rest of shevet levi, including kerach, remained uh, remained clean, remained untouched by the sin. On the contrary, the Bnei Levi, the, tri- the Shevet of Levi, they're the ones who went to battle against those who had been, by, who had been exposed by Aaron to the disgrace of the, of the Chet Ha'egel. So, so the Kairach says, Tfilah can change things. We see that Kahuna is transferable, or was at least at that point. And Aaron did take part in some way in, in, in the uh, in the in the Egel. We had uh, last year we learned the Sikh and Khilikidal of Kisisa, a whole defense for Aaron. But you know, on the surface, Aaron was involved and Bin Levi were not. So Kairach so says, I believe in Kahuna. I just want to tra- transfer it to me. Now, in the brackets, he's gonna point out that if that was Kairach's taina, and Kairach was not challenging Moshe's authority, then why does Moshe say later on in the, in, in, in the when, when, when uh, Moshe is telling the, the Bnei Kairach, or the, the Kairach Va'adosai, about the Imbriya Yivra Hashem, about the earth opening up and swallowing them up alive. He says, if you're going to die like regular people, then you should know that Hashem Hashem, he acknowledges that he wasn't sent by Hashem. But but if you're going to see that you're being swallowed up by, by, the, by the earth, you'll know that I was sent by Hashem. So why does Mesha have to d- d- defend himself that he was sent by Hashem if that wasn't even the question? So that he, he answers in these brackets. The fact that Mesha accepted the fact that Kairach and his group were coming to challenge him, claiming that he wasn't sent by Hashem, it wasn't actually the fact. It was just Moshe's misunderstanding, so to speak, of the fact, based on his own humility. Because he was so humble, he felt that Hashem's promise that they will believe in you was not fulfilled. That just like Yankovino was afraid that he might have been tarnished by his Avedis, so too, Moshe said, look, I allowed the Chata Eagle to happen, Chatoim were happening with my people, maybe I don't deserve to become B'chay Amin even though Yaakov had a promise of Hashem, nevertheless he thought that the promise would fade because of the sin, so to Moshe had a thought that B'chay Amin 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 is not going to become fulfilled because of the Chet, and therefore he jumped to a conclusion that Akairach that was challenging his authority, his shlichus from Hashem, which wasn't a fact. But that's what Mesha might have thought because of the, um, because of his anova. So now we have a whole other understanding. What Kairach and his people are looking for, they're looking for kahuna gedela. They're looking for something holy and lofty. They're not looking to challenge Mesha's authority. They're not looking to challenge Mesha's uh, shlichus from Hashem. They want something. They want to have a shaykhus to the Ebishter. We're going to see Vaitir in the Sicha, how he elaborates on this, how the, 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 this lofty desire and need and yearning that Kairach Vadasai had. In Siv Dalid, he's going to explain the words that Mesha said, Afani We asked the question before, how could Mesha say he also wants to be a Kengadal siding with the 
Reish Nun Ish with the 250 people if they were challenging him and Aaron. But Alpi says, move on. Benegeya to the Reish Nun Ish. Now we understand this. These 250 people were not intending to challenge Moshe Rabbeinu. All they wanted was to be Kayanam Gedelim. As Rashi emphasizes in his Pirush, that you 250 people, you're asking for Kuna Gedelim. In the brackets, he adds, that we can say, that Kairach wanted to be wanted to be the only Kayin Gadol and to take the place of Aaron. And the 250 people all wanted to be Kayinam Gadolim together in addition to Aaron Akain. They didn't want to take Aaron down. They just wanted to join forces with Aaron to have multiple Kayinam Gadolim. And in 33, he brings from the Madrashim and from Rashi, for exactly, Rashi says that Kairach saw Shakulam Oivdim Ve'echad Nimla that everyone's going to be uh, going to perish and one is going to be saved. And he thought he was the one that was going to be saved. In other words, this is an indication from Rashi that Kairach felt that he was to be, he, he thought he could be the only Kain God. Clearly, when Rashi says over here Va'atim Reishnun Ish Mevakshim Kuhuna Gedela, it implies that they wanted all to be Kainim Gedelim. So that, but that's a side point. That's parenthetically speaking. So let's go back now to these two hundred and fifty people. They wanted to all be kainim gedolim. Vos is given that inyan atzukev as vaksim kuna gedolim. What was this yearning? What was this desire to be kain gadol? Was it because they wanted to be more powerful? They wanted to have more authority? No. Zayin medrashim upedish rashi meisav from mevayer. So the medrashim say and Rashi explains as Moshe Rabbeinu had gezakt afani reitzet bekach. I also want this. The Ratzon Zeirer Zayna Kain Gadol had Moshe Eichkehat. Moshe also had the same Ratzon, and it wasn't the Burim Ba'alma like it says earlier in the Sicha. It wasn't just mere uh, words, because he springs in the Ha'ara Moshe Emes V'Doiver Emes. Moshe is truth, and he speaks the truth. If he says Avanirayt Zebekach, it means that he actually wanted it. It is a good desire and Garayichizach. It is a good thing to want, and it is a lofty desire. Their desire to be Kohanim Gedelim was not to have authority over the Yidden. Since a King Gadol is set apart from the rest of the Yidden, he's holy of holies. He's constantly standing to before Hashem to serve him. They wanted to be holy of holies. In the Bechinu Madregim, King Gadol, on the same level as a King Gadol. What they wanted was something very beautiful, something very lofty, something very holy. So Meshire Rabbeinu explains to them, The desire to be a King Gadol is a wonderful thing. I also have that same Rotsen, that desire I also have. In actuality, we can only have one Kohen Gadol. In other words, I have the Ratzin, but I would never implement it. Because we can only have one Kohen Gadol, like we'll say later, the Kohen Gadol that was chosen by the Ebishter. So that's what Moshe was saying, and that's the answer to the question. Moshe wasn't siding with them. Moshe was responding to them. Your Ratzin is good. Your desire to be a Kohen Gadol is good. But the challenge that you're having to iron a Kohen, and the fact that you want to implement it in reality, that's a problem. And based on this, we'll understand and see if hey, why they were Makhtar Katerus. And this is a fascinating explanation. 
that the, that, the, that, that they were ready. They wanted so badly to be holy, just like Nadav Aviyu. We're, we're, we're ready to go into Klaes and Nefesh, according to Chassidus, to give up their lives, to be able to connect to Hashem. The, the, these Reish Nun Ish, who keep, keep in mind that in Pshudish Omikra, generally we look at them as bad people. We say, on them. But here we're explaining that just the opposite. They, were, they wanted something so badly, holiness so badly, that they were ready to die for it. They were ready to give up their lives. Bazei is over the rotsen given as a starks, even though Moshe Rabbeinu said, the rotsen is good. But nevertheless, it can't be implemented. But their rotsen was so strong. These, as they have been masked, they agreed, they accepted upon themselves to offer the kteres, knowing the warning from Moshe, as kulam evdim, that they will all perish. This is an great given. They were prepared of them, of them to, be, to die. If only for a short time to be able to do the holy work. To stand and serve before Hashem. Hashem. And that way to reach this closeness to Hashem. And in the parentheses that ever brings a parallel, another a similar situation, which is a very, very fascinating explanation, which the Rebbe explains in other places. As a matter of fact, when I was preparing the Sicha, to, to give the shear, I actually was going to give this as an example, something I had heard from Rabbi Shapiro, my Rosh Hashiva, many times. Um, and then I see <laughs> that where Rabbi Shapiro got it from, that it actually came, the, the Rebbe himself brings that muscle right here. Similar to the explanation that has been given with regards to the Kayanum Gedelim in the time of the second base of Mikdash. That every single one did not live out a year. After going into the into the Kedush Hakadoshim, that time, the end of the of the of the Bayis Sheni, it was a time of corruption, and the Kainim Gedolim that got in didn't get in by virtue; uh, they got in through corruption. They paid off whoever they had to pay off, and they got in. What would happen is they would go into the Beis into the Kedush Hakadoshim and Kippur, and the, the 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 rule was that if somebody was not on the on the right level, they weren't worthy of being in there, they would die. Either in the either either in the kedush hakadoshim, and because of that, certain times they would wrap a rope around the kain gadol's foot, so that if he dies in the kedush hakadoshim, they could pull him out without going in. Or sometimes they would survive the day, but they wouldn't survive the year. So even though they knew this, they made they endeavored, they made the effort to go in. So much so, they would pay for it. They would pay. They would bribe their way into the kedush hakadoshim. This is. Greatly perplexing. Once they saw that the previous king Godel did not survive the year, knowing his own true level, the person knows themselves, knowing that he's not worthy to go into the king Godel, to go into the king Godel. How is it possible that they were so intent on becoming a king Godel, knowing that they're, they're gonna, not going to survive the year? Now the beer in them is, and the explanation is again. This is fascinating. How the Rebbe takes the most corrupt individuals of the time and uh, transforms them into something, something to into holy people or into people with holy desires and yearnings. They had such a strong desire and such a strong yearning 
to be to go into the Kedush Hakadosh on Yom Kippur, where the Shechina is shaded by Fengali, where the Shechina rests in a revealed way, is by Zei Given Altskedai. Everything was worth it. A few of us to live them, but it made not even not surviving the year, even meaning that you're going to die within the year. The and even though they were corrupt individuals, and even though they in the rest of their life they weren't worthy people, nevertheless they still had this deep desire and yearning to be, even for a moment, in the Kedush HaKadoshim, in, in the presence of the Shechina Begolui, even at the price of their own life. So similarly, these Reish Nun Ish, they had such a strong desire for Kedush HaKadoshim, that if they were given the chance just once to do so, even though it meant that they were going to die, they accepted it. And this takes us back, so this answers our first question of uh, so we answered the questions backwards. We answered that it wasn't that they, that they didn't lose their faith in Moshe Rabbeinu. They just wanted to add on to what Moshe Rabbeinu had done. The second question was, why does Moshe have to be Because he was telling them that the Ratzon is good. Even I have that Ratzon. But it doesn't mean that we can implement it. And the first question was, why did the Reishnun Ish, why were they willing to be makir of the Ketoris, even though it meant that they would die? And the answer is because they're because now that we understand that everything originated from a Ratzonu a desire for this holiness to be in a state of Kedesh HaKadoshim, therefore they were willing to be makir of Ketoris, even if it meant Kulam Eivdim, that they would perish afterwards. And this takes us back to our original question, what would be the Maila of Kairach? What would be the, the, the positivity, the, uh, the positive understanding of Kairach? According to Pshutosh Al-Mikra, Al-Pizeh is moving, V'yoich in Pshutosh Al-Mikra, D'rik tzich oys amayla ve'ilu yimachlekas kerech v'adoseh, that also in the basic understanding of the Psukim is expressed an advantage, a, a, a unique quality of Kairach, of the machlekas of kerech v'adoseh. V'num k'niske le'el, t'sibas v'inyin ha'machlekas z'eres v'mitzadim ratzon t'zayin k'ein gadol. Because the origin, the, the, the motivation for the Machlaikis was from a good place, was from the from the desire to be holy and to connect to Hashem. Where did this need come from? I'm based, what was it based on? This is understood from Kerach's words. The entire congregation is holy. And Hashem dwells within them, in their midst. So why should you raise yourself above everyone else? As the Medrash Tanchuma explains, brought in Rashi. The entire congregation is holy. Everyone heard words at Sinai from the Eivishter. Why should you raise yourself up? You should not have chosen Kahuna uh, for your brother. It wasn't just you who heard at Sinai. The whole congregation heard these words. You'll notice in the Sikha that the words Besinai both times are emphasized. Why was Kairach going back and mentioning Sinai specifically? So he explains in the next paragraph. Right before Matan Teira, the Eibishter tells me that the Yidden are going to tell the Yidden that you are going to be a kingdom of Kayanim for me. Shteitan Balaturim, the Balaturim brings and explains as Besinai, Mishas Matan Teira, is Yedder Eid Gevorin in the Malekav of Ken Gadol. That during Sinai, during the giving of the Teira, every Yid was actually on the level of a Kayan Gadol. That's what Kerech is saying. B'Sinai, it happened. 
Since inherently this is something that is po- capable, that is possible for every yid. It happened at our night. It's just that because of their sins, it wasn't able to endure. So now they came and they said, we, they come and they say, we still want it. It's not fair. It's not like it's something that's totally removed from us. We experienced it once. We experienced it at Matateda, Besinai. Everyone did. So why all of a sudden Aaron becomes the Kayin God and no one else? If we all experienced at Sinai this Kahuna Gedela moment. So that's where, that's where Kerech is coming from. So it's coming from a lofty place. It's coming from a good place. <clears throat> and therefore, uh, Kerech has a good taina, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Of course, uh, we'll see uh, in the next uh, next Eve that they were wrong, because they can only be one, one king Godel. The desire could be good, the, the, the wish could be a holy one, but it cannot be implemented. <clears throat> but at least we see a mile in the in the claim of Kerech Vaadosei, because the the uh, the origin, the motivation for it was coming from a good place. Siv Zayin is going to explain what was wrong with the Taina of Kairach. If all they wanted was to be Kayanim Gedolim, they wanted the Kedesh HaKadoshim, they wanted to be in a holy state, then what was Taka so wrong? And he's going to explain this based on the fact that the name of the Parsha is Kairach and not Vayikach Kairach or Vayikach. Valpiza Yom Tebas, the Nama from Sadrebi, is Vayikach Kairach. Well, understand... Why, according to this, we'll understand why the name of the Sedra is not Vayikach, like in Bereshus, we have Vayishlach, Vayeshev, Vayigash, Vayetzeh, Vayikach. So he doesn't call it Vayikach, or even Vayikach Kairach. Was made with the Targum Taitz, Vispala Kairach, which Vayikach Kairach means Kairach separated himself. Umbalash Rashi, as Rashi says, Lokach Atzmei Litzad Echod, Lies Nechlak Mitecha Eida, that Kedach took himself away to the away to the other side, so to speak, to be separated from the people, to challenge the Kuhuna. So that's not the name. Vayikach is not the name. Or Vayikach Kedach. No, the word Kedach alein. Just the word Kedach is the name of the parsha. But in them is nitermant merumis of In the word Kedach, there's no mention or even a hint of Kedach sin. Say machlekes of Meishan or his his his. Dispute with Moshe, who led or is challenged on the Kahuna. Vile. So why is this? Why is the name of the parish of Vayikach and not Vayikach Kedach? Because the Hedov, as Madarva raised him from Parsha's Kedach, is Nitna Dishlila. Because the lesson that we're taking from this Parsha and, uh, and its name, Kedach, is not just the negative. to not be like Kedach and his people, which in the next paragraph will explain the negative. We're also learning a positive lesson from Kerach. This desire that Kerach had. And the 250 people that had, even Moshe Rabbeinu had this desire to be a Kain Godel. Every Yid has to have this, this desire. The Yadir on the contrary, the fact that a person wants to be a king Godel is evidence of the fact that they were present at Harsinai and that they heard the words of the Ebishter. That godliness becomes his strength and his vitality. 
In rea- in actuality, you can't have Vayikach Kairach, the Vayikach part. To go lead a dispute and a challenge on the Kahuna. After Ken Godel was the Rebister at Bashtim Toch Moshe on the Ken Godel that was designated by Hashem through Moshe. Unvelen bepoils under Ken Godel and actually want to be the Ken Godel. But he says, not not Ken Godel echad. There's only one Ken Godel. There was the Rebister at Berchigman, the one that was chosen by Hashem. The Ratzin there too, the Rebbe Blyben. But that doesn't change the fact that the desire to be a Ken Godel, the Ratzin bekach, that has to remain. So the parsha is called Kairach to tell us that we should all be like Kairach. We should have a Ratzin to be a Ken Godel. We can't call it Vayikach Kairach because we don't want you to actually implement a second Kain Godel. That's the, that can't be. Whoever is chosen by the Abishnah, that's the Kain Godel. No one else. So therefore, we understand what they did wrong because, because the desire is necessary, but the implementation of that desire is not allowed. And therefore, the name of the Parsha is Kairach and not Vayikach Kairach. And now we understand what Kairach did right. So to speak, with the, at least the Maila in the Taina of Kairach Vadosai, you also understand what he did wrong because he actually challenged the Kohuna, which which means that this Rotsam was taken too far. In the next part of the Sikhas till the end, he's going to address another Nakuda. He's going to address the point that the Rambam says that every Yid could be a Shevet Levi, could be part of Shevet Levi. Something the Rebbe mentioned many, many times. The end of Hil Khashmitiv where the, Rabbi, where, where the Rambam says, shevet levi bilvad. So the question is, if every Yid could be Shevet Levi, why can't every Yid be a King God? And he's going to answer this question by pointing out an opposite fact in the difference between Shevet Levi and King Godel. And that is, is that while we are saying that every Yid should have a Ratzin to be a King Godel, nor does it say that everyone should have a Ratzin to be Shevet Levi. So if you want to be part of Shevet Levi, you could. So on the one hand, it says you could be part of Shevet Levi, but you can't be a Kohen Gadol. On the other hand, it says that you should want to be a Kohen Gadol, but it doesn't say that you should want to be a, uh, you want to be a Shevet Levi, and that's how the Rebbe is going to answer the question. So let's see if we can ask of them. We can ask on this idea, this idea that there should be supposed to be a Reitz when it comes to the Kohen Gadol, but it can't be in reality. When it comes to Shevet Levi, which were separated or set apart to serve Hashem and to teach His just ways and His righteous laws to the masses, therefore they were they were separated. They were they were given a distinction or a separation from the ways of the world, and they are They are the army of Hashem. They're in a unique. Status for themselves. Okay, the Rambam, so after explaining how special Shevet Levi is, the Rambam says, that not only Shevet Levi, that every single person whose heart is dedicated, committed, and his, and his, his mind, his intellect understands that he should set himself apart to stand before Hashem, to serve Hashem, to know Hashem, and takes off of his heart, off, off of his neck, the yoke of the various uh, worldly matters that people usually pursue. Then this person is sanctified, holy of holies. He's as holy as can be. Zetman, as is yet So we see from here that in spiritually speaking, every single person is capable of the Aved of Shevet Levi, and he becomes holy, 
So this should have been the same th same thing with regards to the Vedic King Gadol. As the Aveda Ruchnitz from King Gadol, there's a Shaykh that the spiritual level and, and, and service of the King Gadol should be accessible to every single individual. Why are we saying that the desire is okay, but in reality it can't happen? Even Beruchnis, even Beruchnis. Otherwise they would say, be a King Gadol Beruchnis. No one says that. It says that the Yeratzin is good, but it can't be Yeratzin. It, 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 it's it's a it's a lofty desire, but it can't be brought into actuality. So Masma even Beruchnis it can't be brought into actuality. So the why is it that for, when a person wants to be a Shevet Levi, part of Shevet Levi, he could, but a person wants to be a King Godel, he can't. The Midas Vashtein behektim. Will understand this by introducing the following idea. We find an opposite idea with regards to the difference between Shevet Levi versus the Kohen Godel. Any person whose heart is generous or, or committed or dedicated. So if a person wants it, he could become and go on to the level of the Shevet Levi. Nowhere does the Ramam say that a person should want to be or should endeavor to be in the level of a Shevet Levi. Well, with regards to the King Godl, we just said the lesson from the word Kairach is that every youth should have that Ratzin. Every each don't have that ratzen. So, when it comes to our first question was, if every yid could be part of Shevet Levi, why could he not be a kohen gadol? And then when he brings in this other idea of the reitzevikach, he says when it comes to Shevet Levi, there's no indication that a person should want to be part of Shevet Levi. It's only if you want to be, then you can be. While when it comes to the kohen gadol, there's an implication from what we said before that a person should want to be a Kohen Gadol. So in Sif Tess is going to explain as follows, that there's three different Avedas, for different levels, and ultimately he's going to explain that the Avedah of Shevet Levi is optional, but the Avedah of the Kohen Gadol, at least the desire to reach, the, to, to be in the Avedah of the Kohen Gadol, is not optional, it's obligatory or mandatory. Is there and the explanation is like this. In Avedah Hashem, in serving Hashem, there's three general levels. Mitzvahs, Teireh, Umisiris, Nefesh. And he explains. Aleph. Mitzvahs are those things that were enclosed, that were brought down into, that permeate into the physical world. Tzitzis, Betzemer, Gashmi. Tzitzis from physical wool. Tzitzis, Betzemer, Gashmi. Tzitzis are made from physical parchment. But thus is the Aveda in un mit in yon This is the work that we do with, in and with the world, the worldly matters. So to refine and elevate the physical matters of this world, and transform this world into a vessel, a receptacle for godliness. Base. The second level is Tera. Is Hecher von Islapsus and Velta. Tera is higher than coming down into this world. And even after the Torah lowered itself down and traveled down many, many levels, and it is able to be grasped in the thought, speech, and action of a human being, 
is the cheshech from velt nitmailim of teira. It's not low down enough in the world that the darkness of the world could conceal or affect the words of teira. The words of Teir are not Makabal Tumah. The Gemara in Barachas is saying that a, a person who becomes Tumah could still learn Teir because his Tumah cannot negatively affect the words of Teir. They are spiritual and they do not, uh, uh, they, they, they do not catch the Tumah. It's not contagious from the person. But does break the rate of Adam, the priestus on Avdallah which this expresses in the person's Aveda the separation, the asceticism. The being removed from worldly matter. So mitzvah says the dafa go into the world and connect with the world to, to, to elevate it and transform it. Taira is to stay removed from the world. Gimel, the third level of Mesidus Nefesh, is Hecher Alpi Taira from the Midavagbala from Taira Mitzvah. It's beyond the measure and the limitations of Taira Mitzvah. The idea of Mesidus Nefesh is to unify and connect ourselves with a above measure and above limitations. So in other words, Teda is taka removed from the world, but it's in the world. Mesidus Nefesh is how we connect with Hashem beyond the world. Okay. So we have Teda, we have mitzvahs, we have mitzvahs, we have Teda, we have Mesidus Nefesh. Mitzvahs is working with the world. Teda is learning Teda and, and staying away from the world but you're still staying away from the world. And Mesidus Nefesh is lifting yourself up to become one with Hashem beyond Teiru Mitzvahs, beyond the world. So these three general levels in the Aveda are the three levels that how you would divide the Yidin. Most Yidin, they serve Hashem in a way of working the way of the world. Starting with those who are literally working with the, with the land, with the physical world, plowing and sowing. We're also over there, there are mitzvahs to be fulfilled. And on a more lofty level, those Yidin who are involved with, with, with mundane matters, but bringing godliness or Hashem into their mundane matters, whether, whether they're doing something physical and it's for the purpose of, of becoming more spiritual, or it's a mitzvah that, that needs a Dabra Gashmi, like a Tfilin or a food on Shabbos, which you're using a Gashmi stick of thing, but it's for Hashem, it's not even for the person. And to encapsulate this in one line, in one word, these are the masters of good deeds, the masters of action. Base. Then you have the second Avedah, which is the Avedah for Shevet Levi. Which, as we said before, we quoted from the Rambam that they were set apart to serve Hashem. To teach their ju- His just ways. And His righteous laws. To the masses. Like the Pasik says with regards to Shevet Levi, this is in the Brachis, that Meshe Rabbeinu gives to Shevet Levi, you will teach your laws to the Yidin, therefore they are separated, they are set apart from the ways of the world. Like we said before about Teda, that it's the idea of Prishus from Yonah Elam. Which that is the level of the masters of Teda. So you have the masters of you have the masters of 
good deeds, masters of action, which are those that are involved in the world. And then you have the masters of Teda, which are removed from the world. And then you have the Aveda of the King Godel. Was which is not allowed to go out of Yerushalayim. The Ramam says, that he should have a home designated in the Mikdash, which is called the Lishkas King Godel. And it is the beauty and the honor of the King Godel to spend all of his time in the Mikdash. Later he says, and his home should be Yerushalayim, and he shouldn't leave Yerushalayim. So the Aveda of the King Godel is to live in Yerushalayim. Which Yerushalayim is made up of the words Yira Shalim. Yira Shalim means the perfect Yira, the most completed form of Yira. Which you know from Chassidus that the ultimate Yira is Mesidus Nefesh. That he's not even, not only not supposed to go out of Yerushalayim, he's not even supposed to go out of the Beis Amigdash. His idea, his, his level, is to stand in a constant unification and connection with Hashem. So much so that there is this unique and special Aveda that is unique to the King Gadol. When the King Gadol goes in on Yom Kippur on the once a year in the Kedosh HaKadoshim, but this is begilui, the Tnu of Inyam from Mesidus Nefesh, Yechid Eliyachtach, which is in a revealed way, the idea of Mesidus Nefesh, when there's the essence of the Neshama that becomes one with the essence of Hashem. So the three Avedas, Teireh, a mitzvah, teira, mesiris nefesh, correspond with the three le- three levels of Reiv b'nei Yisrael, Shevet Levi, and Kain Godel. That level one is Mari Uvdin Tavin. Level two is Mari Teira. Like we'll see in a moment, which those two are interchangeable, you could choose one or the other. And then you have mesiris nefesh, which is beyond either of them. And based on this, we'll understand the two extremes that we spoke earlier. With regards to the Aveda of the King Godel and Shevet Levi. From the one hand, we see that the Aveda of Shevet Levi is accessible to every Yid on a regular basis. But the Aveda of King Godel, it's only something that you could desire, but you can't have it. On the other hand, is the Aveda of the Levi, the Aveda of the Levi is not obligatory, not a must upon every single person unless they choose to do so. And this is the Aveda of King Godel. However, when it comes to the Aveda of the King Godel, we said that everyone has to want it. So, which is what we asked before, but now we understand. When a yid finds themselves in Elam there's two ways to serve Hashem. When a person works with themselves, or the person works with the world. Which can be divided along the same lines. You have Marei, those who work with themselves, are Marei they're removed from the world, they're just focusing on themselves. Then you have Marei Uvdin Tavin, the people that work with the world. But Ikira Aveda Nerafa Yadiridin is an Esibikiyama Mitzvah. The primary Aveda, the most important Aveda in a certain sense, is the involvement with Mitzvah. Because this accomplishes the Dirabitachtain. In other words, Marei Uvdin Tavin is more important. Or, or, or is, is the Ikira Aveda, is the, main, is, the, is the primary job to bring the Shekhinah into this world. 
So therefore, Mari Uvdin Tavin is the is the Ikira Veda. Abu Dhar was not Varukai. Can by him Zain Aikhtar Ikira Veda be for Mari Taira? But if someone has a very uh, uh, generous spirit, which means to say he wants to uh, focus on, them, on himself, he wants to be involved in Teira, and he could, he could separate himself from the world, and he could learn Teira. The Aved from Cain, Godel, so, basically, in other words, that's why we're saying that when it comes to, a, to, to the, to the Aved of Shevet Levi, we're not saying that it's the Aved of everyone, because the Aved of Lehi is not the for everyone. You don't have to want it. If you're involved in Uvdin Tavin, if you're involved in Mitzvahs, if you're involved in Dinu that's your Aveda. You don't have to want the Aveda of Shevet Levi. If you, if you want, you could reach it, but you don't have to want it. The Aveda from Cain Gardel, when it comes to the Aveda of the Cain Gardel, which is to cleave and to connect to Hashem in a manner of Mesidus Nefesh, is cannot be a regular system, a regular uh, a way of serving Hashem every single day. You can want it, but you can't serve Hashem every single day with Mesidus Nefesh. By both of us, whether it's Mare Uvdin Tavin, whether it's Mare Teira, whether you're working with yourself or you're working with the world, that you have to, it has to be imbued with a desire to connect to Hashem on the highest level. But since the Avister really wants, and the purpose of creation is that there should be a Neshama big goof, a body and a soul. A soul in a body in this world. And there to fulfill the will of Hashem. So therefore, even though he desires to connect with Hashem, but what does Hashem want from him to work in this world? So he works in this world. In one of the above two mentioned ways. Either in the primary Aveda, which is to serve Hashem through mitzvahs, with physical matter. And to make the world as Diralei Zbarach. Or as the minority of people do, which is to learn Torah and to be removed from the physical world. So the the desire to connect to Hashem has to imbue either of it. And therefore, everyone has to have that Avedah. Whether you're a Mare Ubuntu, whether you're a Mare Teda, you need to have the Reitze Bekach. You need to have the desire for Mesidus Nefesh. But, but what do you do in actuality? You have to do it. Either or or through Maritator. And when you do this with a Ratzin, when you do it in a way that is imbued with a desire for a Lakuz, only then could you truly uh, fulfill both of these Avedis completely. Because then it's not the world that is his goal. Neither is the asceticism, the separation from the world, the goal. But his goal is to connect to Hashem. And he has one of two ways to do it. And since, as we know, the Baal Shem Tov says that wherever a person wants to be, that's where they are. And in either of these two Avedas, his, his desire is to connect with the Lakos. Therefore, whichever Avedah he does, he's successful in connecting with Hashem. And then we could merit in actuality to the revelation of Mashiach. When it will be fulfilled what Kairach wanted according to Chassidus. 
that the Levim should become Kayanu. Even more than that, that every Yid will be on the level of a King Godel. As the Baraturim says, that will be returned to the Yidin. As the Pasik says, you will be called Kayane Hashem, the Kayane Hashem, in the Gula Mitz Vashlema, Adem Shiach Zedkenu, and as Belen Zain, Meshav Arni Moem, with the Gula Mitz Vashlema, together with Meshav and Aaron. May it be the cut of mamish.